Written Imaginings, where lazy authors talk about story ideas that they'll never get around to writing. New episodes every Sunday. Let us know if you use one of our ideas and we'll give your story a shout out in a subsequent episode. Unwritten Imaginings, now available in described video. Well, that's fascinating. For one thing, we don't even have video, so... <laughs> Like, what are we describing here? Is it the exact same things that we're describing on the podcast? Like, where do we get the video? I'm a little confused. Maybe we could just um, have a commentary that uh, describes our facial expressions as we talk. I wouldn't know how to describe facial expressions when those are not actually available to our, you know, normal podcast listeners. Yeah, it's a it's a bonus experience. If you want to know when I'm rolling, I don't really my have eye. a camera either, and you know, in order to get the description, I'd have to have a live update feed of it. No, no, no. You don't need to like actually take video of your facial expressions. You just need to narrate the facial expressions that you had while we were recording the podcast. <laughs> So, you know, very occasionally raised eyebrows, and other than that, like, very little? Yes, or whatever, you know, I, I don't know. The point is, there we could have a described video without a video, right? That's a thing. <laughs> I don't think that's a thing. It's not a thing. Okay, just, uh, just, just, yeah, you guys are podcast listeners, so keep listening. Um, nobody wants to see our faces anyways. <laughs> Okay, moving on. Hi everyone, my name is Eunice. I am the author of uh, Fantasia and Eternal Source. And uh, I may be developing a mango allergy and I'm very upset about it. <laughs> and I'm Athea, author of Rune and Metagame. And um, I don't know. I have an allergy as it turns out. And it's general hemp, but weed is the worst. It's to general hemp? Apparently. Including contact? Yeah, actually. Oh. It it feels um feels a bit like spicy meets mint on your skin in any contact. Oh that's that's interesting. Yeah, I, I'd rather be allergic to hemp than mango. I love mango. Um <laughs> See I found that out when I was using a hemp shampoo, so that was not the ideal circumstance. What is the purpose of putting hemp in shampoo? It makes it smell fine. Oh, I see. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> smell thing. Not, no huge loss. Um, moving on. Uh, today, it's my turn to bring an idea. And uh, I thought of a fun limit to, to uh, a certain power that would make for funny storytelling. Uh, but basically, it is... I don't know if this is like a sci-fi or a fantasy setting, or just like normal urban setting, but there's like a, a technology that allows people to teleport, but it's like the handheld version of the device strictly limits the mass being transferred to 150 kilograms flat. Uh, Including the people and whatever they want to carry with them. That's 330 pounds. And so I was imagining, like, some kind of agency <laughs> that works in partners. So between the two partners and your gear, there's a very strict weight cutoff. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'd like the story to be about one very large person. And one very small person. <laughs> Whereas uh, other uh. pairs usually divide it more evenly. <laughs> okay. Because it's funny. And also because it's Yeah, I have like seven different jokes going on in my head <laughs> as soon as you said that. Which one? One very large person and one very small person? Yeah. Oh. Oh. I mean, the the one that is just, you know, front of mind at the, mo at the moment is the inherent eroticism of size differences. Uh, well, we, I wasn't going there, but I guess you're going there. <laughs> I said there were seven different ones. <laughs> but that was I mean, most one. of them were along the same lines, where I'm like, Eunice, you want to tell us something? And stuff like that. 
No. <laughs> I am a medium-sized person. Um. <laughs> For some definitions of medium-sized. Yes, I'm like tall but thin, and therefore my weight is average. <laughs> I mean, I guess mm. still on the low side, depending on how overweight your country is. Um. <laughs> I see, I see. But in in Taiwan, I weigh like the same to more than the average female. But they're all shorter than me, so that's also not a good comparison. <laughs> yeah, the height thing is actually kind of important to the weight thing, uh, as far as averages go. Okay. Anyways. Uh, let's not talk about my sexual preferences and <laughs> get into the story. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't the, the direction that I was going, uh, directly, you know. As I said, that was, you know, second or third in line at first. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, um, you know, it's it's one of those fields that's traditionally dominated by tall, muscular people who would generally like to take up more than their half of the mass allotment. But, um... What are they... What is this group intending to do, exactly? I don't know, some kind of law enforcement agency or intelligence agency. They go on missions. They get into fights sometimes. (laughs) Commonly, or just, you know, occasionally? Uh, okay, so, like, they definitely do, like, physical things like chasing people and stuff like that pretty regularly. Actual, like, people trying to kill other people is probably once, a couple times a year, maybe, but you gotta stay fit for it, you know? The Teleportation Ethics Enforcement Committee. What? There's There's a Teleportation Ethics? I mean, you know, there are ethics to teleportation. Teleporting into people's house? Not good. I mean, I don't think that's like an ethical thing. That's more of just a... That's real messy. Nobody wants to see that. (laughs) I mean, it's not like breaking and entering. It is entering, you know? It's... Yeah. That's just like... That's just regular regulations. Like, you can't fly... Yeah, but you need to have like a special... A special setup so that you can deal with it. Also, I just wanted to call them teak. Why? What does teak mean? Well, it's a it's a type of wood. Oh, T E A K. Okay. <laughs> uh. Well, yeah, but I I spelled it T E E C. It was a it was a sound pun. What? Anyways, we're gonna move on from that because I made a terrible joke and nobody got it. What was the pun? Is teak like some property of? Of teak relevant to... No. No. That you just... Okay. That's not even a pun. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's a, it's a word-based joke. There's no joke, though. It just... It would just be like, oh, T-E-E-K, a C. So we everyone just calls it teak. That's just... That's just normal. That's just... It has to mean something to be a pun. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Um, yeah, do we want to make it, like, sci-fi? So there's, like, teleportation devices? I think that... I think that this works way better in sci-fi. Just based on, like, you know, if there's magic, then people use magic, and that's, like, how they fight. And this teleportation thing kind of gets sidelined. Okay. And then, you know, like I said, there's, like... There are, there are, there are machines that can teleport larger masses at once but not that little the little handheld but one. only between fixed locations yeah like you have to build there we go. A, a base or whatever you have to build a, a receiving area as much as you have to build a sending area if you want to send more than about this weight limit yeah but the ones where you can just like set your destination wherever and then beam somewhere yeah I don't know why yeah. it is one one fifty kilograms, but it just seemed like well, a good weight limit for two people. What would be really <laughs> funny is if you make the answer to like why one hundred and fifty kilograms, like you could base it on like some fundamental property of the universe, right? So you could go like it's essentially you try to find a reasonable 
multiplication of whatever the base mass it, unit is. Because it's not kilograms. It's something it's something universal. Um, I, but I can't remember exactly what it is right now. So you find something around 150 kilograms that's some multiplier of that. And it doesn't need to be base 10, mind you. So you could have, like, yeah, so if you multiply this at base 12 to the power of x, then you get something around 150 kilograms. And it's like, why is it base 12? That's a good question. We don't know. The universe has decided. Is there a fundamental mass unit? I mean, I mean, there are like... Yes, there is. I can't remember exactly what it's called. I mean, there are like atomic units, but like... Well, like, the meter, for example, is not actually the, like, sort of base unit. It's the Planck length. Oh, you mean the smallest possible unit of mass? Well, that's the only universal constant one, right? So the meter is defined by the universal constant instead of the other way around. Yeah. So what I'm saying is you do the same thing but for mass, and then you multiply it up to something around 150 kilograms because that's what we feel like would be fun. Okay. I don't, I don't know what the fundamental mass unit is. I don't either. I could look it up, but then you'd hear the click-clack of my keyboard, and that's just not what anyone wants to hear right this second. Oh. I think every SI unit is defined by the Planck constant. Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay. So, this website says, The kilogram is defined by the Planck constant expressed in the unit joules per second. Wow, love that. Where the meter (laughs) and the second are uh, defined in terms of the speed of light in a vacuum. (laughs) Oh, even better. Joule seconds, you know, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Who doesn't want to define things in joule seconds? (laughs) Okay, so, you know, some multiple of the Planck constant times the speed of light... (laughs) I'll give you 150 kilograms. (laughs) Oh, man. You can Uh, do it, especially if you can change the base of your exponent. Oh, science. Love science. So ridiculous and yet so logical. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Okay, but uh, regardless of how we derive it, so obviously, you know, it'll probably be like some kind of, you know, 12 decimal point actual mass that's close to 150 everyone just rounds to 150 because also 150 really isn't like the best no you gotta include their gear like their their shoes and their gadgets yeah that's what i'm saying like they'd have to be generally pretty small people if we're going with two of them in this one teleportation including gear they can each have what 70 kilograms and then travel really light <laughs> yeah, but you wouldn't want that in your, like, enforcement group. No, no, like, the, the entire point is to be, like, an inconvenient weight limit. That's, like, it is doable for two people, but it, it's, like, inconvenient. Yeah, but, like, what you've explained, I would aim for people under 5'6 as, like, the primary enforcement mechanism. Yeah. So these people have to be able to fight people who are bigger and stronger than them because of this thing. Or, you know, like I said, you go unequal pairs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the the funny thing, at least personally, is that you've created, like, one of very few... Not even very few. You've created a genuine excuse for a, like law enforcement system that's like 80% women? <laughs> Not necessarily. Not necessarily. As I said, 80%, not I wouldn't 100%. Like just because it favors shorter like people, I wouldn't say It favors shorter people so extraordinarily strongly that like you have to be incredible to make up that difference. Yeah, but there are guys who are short enough that it'll be fine. It wouldn't be 80% Like I said, women. 80%. It wouldn't be 80% women. Like, if the if the height is 5'6", you're going to have, like, nearly as many men and women who are who fit the height criteria. 
if the ideal height is 5'6". No, I said maximum height. Okay, so there's going to be... That, that's a very different cutoff. No, no, this, is, this is not a, a, a men versus women thing at this point. Like, like people would... Get... Well, you're right. It's a height thing. Like, there's a... I yeah. think it's a divers, for example, uh, are have a large bias towards women as well because of similar restrictions. You know, but, like, you're thinking of, like, average heights of, like, Caucasian people. If you're thinking about, like, people who live in, who are native to very hot climates, like, five, six is easily, like, everyone stays below that. <laughs> Technically, I was thinking of average people in the United States and Canada, yeah, but... But you'd have a lot more that's people not 100%. who aren't white, which is also fun. <laughs> You go away, you freakishly tall people. <laughs> I say that while White being people freakishly are not tall. <laughs> the tallest either. No. Okay. I don't think you could say my people are not the tallest, given, like, you're, like, the only person. I said white people. Oh, okay. But you're the only person in your family who's under, like, six feet tall, I think. No. I'm the only person born male. Below six feet tall. But oh, that's... okay. There's a couple of females who are under six feet. There are women who are under six feet. It's fine. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Not all of them. Um. Uh-huh. <laughs> you come from a freakishly tall family, okay? <laughs> it's true. Yeah. And, wait a minute. Are you saying white people are not the tallest? Like. No. Look at they're the, not. Look at the Netherlands. Like, that's just unnatural. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. We're gonna move on from there. It's, yeah, but it's not gonna be 80% female. It's just gonna be shorter people. And there's plenty of short guys. There are plenty of short guys, but there are fewer of them than there are shorter women. And that's where I was pointing the entire time. Yeah, but it's not to the, the the weight limit if like if we if we drop the weight limit down to like 120 kilograms, then it's like okay, we got to get really short people. But like this is just like you can't be really big. <laughs> you just got got to be lean <laughs> and not too tall. Just medium. We're aiming for medium-sized people. And smaller so that you can get two of them in the same. Yeah. Well, because remember, equipment is not that light. But, well, we have to use our sci-fi tech to make equipment that light. Oh, okay, so we're just, we're just cheating. Yes, everything is ultra light. <laughs> and it's very expensive to make it that light, but teleportation. And that's why they never bothered to uh, send in, like, multi-teams of, like, multiple pairs of two people is because... Everything is stupid expensive for this elite group of yeah. um, assassins slash infiltrators slash law enforcement. Yeah, I don't know what they do. We could whatever, whatever you want. Maybe they're maybe they literally are a combination of all three of those things, and it literally just depends on what they're being sent to deal with. Yeah, they have missions. They have people who specialize in certain things. But uh, everything from their their shoes to their teleporty gadgets are extremely expensive. Um, it's like, why don't you just give everyone one teleportation device? It's like, no, we can't afford that. <laughs> For one, we can't afford that and field nearly as many teams as we currently do. For another, like people need to work in pairs, otherwise we would not be able to keep up. No, no, they would still work in pairs. They could just teleport there separately. Well, yeah, what I'm saying is, like, they can't build enough of these teleporty devices to reasonably make that make sense. Yeah, because there's some kind of unobtainium in there that's real expensive. Maybe it's not even unobtainium. Maybe it just takes an absolute age in extremely controlled conditions to get the material. Okay, so they're pumping out... It's not unobtainium, it's just a pain in the ass. <laughs> it's obtainium. It's just pain in the assium. <laughs> uh, okay. So, yeah. Uh, so, you know, maybe one of the characters has wanted to be uh, whatever agent um, 
their whole life, but you know had this very unfortunate growth spurt, like a like a late one where like they're they're like oh I'm safe and then like hits like eighteen and has a, like a late growth spurt and ends up you know like. 90 kilograms starving thin <laughs> I see I see truly the worst case scenario <laughs> so sad <laughs> um, and like you know goes for the whatever qualification exam anyways um, and you know somehow manages to make it even through the ludicrously raised standards per weight yeah like well, you know, like, they... Okay, I'm just gonna say he, because he's really tall. Um, <laughs> um, no! <laughs> no? You want a freakishly tall girl? <laughs> I mean, like, you don't even need to be freakishly tall to be heavy, because, like, you know, they could just be extremely muscular. Yeah, but no, no, <laughs> like, this is this is 90 kilograms, like, starved, like, on a very extreme diet, like... You know what Olympians do right before their weigh-in type of, or like uh, I don't know what physique athletes do before their contests. Is that okay. what they call them? So I'm <laughs> so ninety kilograms, starving thin, is like not starving. This person is like six foot something. Not like not like starving like you know an orphan in uh, an undeveloped country in the middle of a drought like as thin as they can get while still passing the minimum fitness requirements you know which are well the, the problem with the balancing fitness with the mass thing is that like <laughs> is that each kilogram of mass makes their requirements harder yeah well no they don't they, no i wouldn't say they do that like, I would I would straight up make that the case for every kilogram you are over 70. You just have to do more push-ups during the fitness test? No, you have to be, like, yeah, it's like your effectiveness score, whatever that's based on, has to be higher for every kilogram you are over 70. Well, no, I mean, like, the way that they, they do it is, like, you get a maximum number of points for doing whatever many of whatever exercise, and then, like... Like, overall, if you're heavy, like, you'll need, like, a higher score. But, like, I wouldn't raise the minimums for each category. Well, yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, so I wouldn't max out fitness scores. I wouldn't say that, like, yeah, if you manage this on the fitness scores. I would I would treat them logarithmically. Okay. <laughs> but, um, you know, like, the this character uh, was well aware of the handicap that the extra weight would pose and practiced really hard on the elements that, like, the bonus elements, you know, knows how to code and uh, speaks eight <laughs> languages uh, and uh, overachieves in, like, uh, trick driving. I guess they don't drive much with the teleportation. Uh, I mean, it really depends on how the teleportation works, you know? Because if they can store exactly two charges in these handheld teleporters... Okay, maybe they also drive. Uh, and um, is really good in the... It does really well in the combat section, obviously. And really good with shooting things. Absolutely incredible. Uh, like, <laughs> miles beyond all of their competition. That's hilarious. Also, I just mean... too heavy for, like, 90% of partners. Actually, that's... That's pretty funny, like, cause, cause probably the all of the applicants are fighting each other during the entrance exam, so just doesn't even have to try. Um, well, no, definitely has to try, cause these other people are also very good. Yeah, but it's you know it's clear. I mean, you have to have an advantage somewhere. Like, just, oh man. And, you know, just, like, does all of the bonus things that you can do to get bonus points and just, like, squeaks in. And there happened to be a very talented, very small person that got in that year. So then the higher-ups were like, eh, they'll fit. You know, because, like, when they're, when they're doing the acceptances, they're kind of preparing them in their heads. Like, <laughs> well, I, yeah, but, like, at the same time, they're just like, hmm, these two, I guess that works. Yeah. Uh, we're apparently putting together a new elite team. <laughs> you know, and then they'll be like... The More elite than our usual elite team. 
Because, like, all of the other pairs are just, like, two people who weigh, like, exactly the same and are, like, exactly the same height. And then this well, is... Well, <laughs> I mean, probably not, because you have a range, you know? Yeah, but, like, pretty, pretty uniform. Like... Pretty close to. People are pretty Well, it's good. uniform and down, right? Yeah. There's, there's pretty much a maximum size. <laughs> but, like... Like, yeah, but, but if, if they happen to get smaller people, they will kind of, that, every small person they're like, who passes, they kind of say, okay, well, we got a little bit more mass allotment, so, and then they look at Yeah, exactly. Um, but the big character had to, like, really luck into someone who was particularly small. Um, (laughs) Particularly tiny and particularly scary. Like... I'm, I'm, like, someone who weighs, like, 45 kilograms. Like, <laughs> just, just tiny. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, very tiny. Uh, and tiny people don't usually pass the exam. <laughs> you know, there's... Yeah, there's certain, probably. There's certain, like, things that are quite challenging. Uh, like, like, jumping... Yeah, the hand-to-hand combat section. <laughs> and, uh, jumping long distances and... <laughs> But um you know we got we we had some talent this year. Um uh, this the tiny person probably also has a lot of um bonus talents. So they're just a team full of bonus talents cuz they don't have the standard talents. Two people who could barely make it to begin with, but you know they really did put all the work in. Yeah. So they're like way better than the other newbies at their boot camp training because right they, all right they tried it's probably both of their like third third application cycle or something thing well maybe they like put in their applications and then like they weren't even getting looked at at first oh maybe like there's a computer that goes through the application forms and like pre-matches them so like for instance if you weigh 90 kilograms unless somebody uh like uh, would fit the weight limit with you, like neither. It's like, we're sorry, we just don't have an open partner for you at this time. Yeah, and, uh, but they keep you in the in the in the database, and then it's like, yeah, someone who weighs forty five kilograms applied this year, and, <laughs> and apparently uh, made it. And, That's weird. And, and you know, like the big character goes in, like praying that this this tiny person is like really good because. Actually, you know what would be funnier is if like. People who are over the weight limit, like, don't get the, don't get sent the comeback in. Like, the first time they take you and they give you the basic test so that, like, they don't have to contact people who wouldn't make the basic test. Mm-hmm. So, instead what happens is they took the basic test, got put on the list, and are told, it sucks, you're waiting. Uh, <laughs> we'll see you later, maybe. Probably not. You're way too heavy. Yeah. But we're gonna move on from that. Then the the smaller character, they go in and um, like, pass the entire gamut of tests, and are told, okay, you passed six months before you have a partner because we need to call somebody in. <laughs> and then they like, start calling in the list and testing the people who are, you know, over the weight limit requirement. And then it gets to our other main character, who's just told like, I mean, this is your only shot. We don't have somebody this small pass in pretty much ever. This is the smallest Go. person to ever qualify for the for the academy. <laughs> <laughs> we have had on this list it says three people about this weight ever. So, good luck. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, in that case, it's higher stakes because there's probably a bunch of other people who are kind of in the 80 to 90 kilogram range who are, like, trying oh, to exactly. <laughs> Gotta make this higher stakes, especially right at the beginning. Oh, man. Uh, okay. And then, you know, they get put together. And um, they're very different sizes. <laughs> First meeting. <laughs> stare up. Stare down. Hi. <laughs> Oh man, and um, you know they they have to learn um, different uh, partner techniques because there's a lot of like partner stuff, like standard procedures and stuff like that. Like if your partner gets injured, you have to like be able to carry them a certain distance and stuff. Where it's like, okay, well, um, 
You're just gonna have this to. This is like, not a requirement we're gonna be able to make. No, 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 no. You have to be able to fireman carry your partner for <laughs> two kilometers, and we're we're just gonna like no, no exceptions. Like, just gonna have to carry twice your body mass for two kilometers. It's doable. It's so possible. You, well, I mean, that's more like figure out some gear that would let you cheat this requirement. I don't know. I feel than like it is. There are people who can carry two times their body weight. There are. Are there? Yeah. And are they small? Yeah. Have you not seen like the weightlifting competitions? They're all small and built. They're all short. Um, They're not small. Sorry. They're, I was <laughs> like, gonna say they all have they all have like uh, uh, arms that are bigger than my thighs. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, no, it's possible. I think. I don't know for two kilometers. I don't think it's possible for someone who's that light. Maybe they have to get even more expensive gear that lightens things. Actually. Yeah, probably. Actually, what? Actually. Doesn't everyone just wear exoskeletons? What do you mean? You know exoskeletons that just help you I mean, you if we're in things? a sci-fi world, sure. So then, is that even, like, an issue? Is strength even an issue? Strength is an issue, but it's probably not, like the biggest issue it's probably like you know we want you to be this base level of strength so that you can i don't know charge this uh exoskeleton when it's not like actively being required to uh move heavy things but at the same time so essentially the exoskeleton is a multiplier on your strength not not its own thing so it's better if you're as strong as possible but also you're going to be able to do these things pretty okay. easily. Maybe the small person has to get the upgraded, even more expensive exoskeleton. <laughs> Probably. It's like, we're putting quite a few credits into you. You better, like, you know, do well. Well, I mean, it's kind of like we're putting extra money into you guys. Uh, but looking at your test scores, it might be warranted. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, they don't, they're, they're not there for the standard missions. They're there to put their bonus talents to work. <laughs> it's like, alright, so what we're gonna need from this one is a complex infiltration followed by you hacking into this device that we actually don't know what it's working on, so you're gonna need to do that on the fly. Uh, followed by an exfiltration, followed by a combat mission, followed by... <laughs> you know, you're gonna, you're gonna pose as a parent-child duo <laughs> to throw no. the enemies off guard. No. No, 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 no. That's a no. Oh, man. That's gross and no. That's gross? I genuinely very much do not like that kind of thing. Okay, well, I don't know where your mind's going, but okay. <laughs> Posing as a parent-child duo is one of those things that some media does, and every single time, I absolutely hate it. it it's super gross. I don't trust anybody to write that. Okay. I think that it could be written well, and I don't trust anybody to write it. I don't recall ever seeing this, so I don't really know what's icking you out, but that's okay. We can uh, move on. Exactly. And... Alright, so what is our sort of like main plotter conflict? Because we have our starting one, we have our entry point. What's our main point? You know, some kind of world-threatening problem <laughs> that the department needs help to deal with. Someone's figured out how to create a, how to teleport more mass than, uh, you know, the handheld teleporters. Downside, it causes an explosion where you leave, and not a small one. Or requires human sacrifice. <laughs> this is sci-fi, not <laughs> fantasy. I don't know, maybe it requires brains to power the machine. <laughs> Human brains. Seventies writers. <laughs> oh. Neither of us were even born then, so no. <laughs> hey, you know, things come in cycles. We could bring back This is a cycle that I could very much avoid. <laughs> Look, we understand how AI works now and we don't run it off of human brains. Yeah, but we don't know how brains work. So <laughs> we've got an idea. 
Like, we don't know any of the specifics, but we do know, you know, generally how brains work. I mean, we know, like, if we destroy this part, then you lose the ability to do this thing. <laughs> we have a little bit more than that. And but... then, if we put you on these drugs, 30% of you will stop being depressed. <laughs> That's a, an entirely different section. Of how we don't know how the brain works. <laughs> exactly. Well, anyways, we don't really know how the brain works. It's not like the heart. We have general ideas. Enough to know that making an AI out of a human brain would be a terrible idea and a waste of human brains. But all the other organs, it's like, you know, heart goes thump thump, and then, you know, sometimes the electricity goes wild and then bad things happen. Uh, yeah. You know, everything else is like, yeah, it makes this hormone, and then you need that to do this, or it digests your food, or whatever. But the brain's like, ah, it, it, it thinks. <laughs> We've got a good idea of what it does. I mean, it does everything. Um, That's the problem, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, yeah. The, the brain is the last frontier, and we don't really know what's going on. <laughs> As I said, it's much easier to just make it cause a big explosion and have the person using it not be very careful about where those explosions go. I mean, that doesn't... I don't know. That doesn't seem like... It's too... Like... I don't know. Like, maybe more like the lo the people in the area start to develop negative effects like it's a poison or something i don't know just exploding everything seems... i mean it would be more of a space effect a space effect where the effect that it has would be more on the space around the person than it would be on like anything specific yeah but it's like so like gravity or maybe time gets wonky okay but just having like a ran random explosions everywhere, it's not, I don't know, it just doesn't seem evil enough. It's not an explosion, it's a warping storm of gravity. Or it doesn't seem clever enough, or, you know, insidious, it should be more insidious, yeah, that's what it needs to be. It needs to be, mm, they have to chase see, them through the seedy underground of society. It can't just be like, boom, boom, and it's all over the news. Everyone's like, why are things exploding? That's no fun. You have to I investigate. I mean, that's a choice, but it's probably not going to be like the CD Underground unless the CD Underground is being set up to take the fall. Because I'm going to be honest, this sounds like rich people science. Yeah, rich people are part of the CD Underground. No, they pay the CD Underground. And they benefit from the CD Underground. You know. Yeah, but they're not really part of it, exactly. Sure, sure. They they seed the seedy underground. Um, there we go. But, um, yeah, they have to... They have to deal with a bunch of criminals who are being set up to take the fall and are pretty much like, Look, I'll help you out. I'm not a fan of this anymore than you are. And it's like, what is so important to be teleported that you are willing to have a bunch of... Gravity warping explosion thingies everywhere. The answer is it's a rich kid on a joyride. No, don't make that the answer. That's a bad answer. Like, what is the advantage of this new teleportation thing? Maybe it brings like a whole squad of like 12 people. Or you have it bring like three or four people who are just working on gigantic heists where they steal tons of stuff and information. Oh, I see. And just leave with it? I see. Okay. So they have and they're to... working on taking over a small country with it. There we go. Taking over a small country. Okay. Well, you know. And then you add your standard uh, action, adventure, gun fights, and uh, undercover missions, and deals with informants. And, uh, what, uh, surveillance, and what do you call, when you, when you plant little, little trackers and 
and yeah. bugs. Espionage. Espionage thingies. <laughs> now, I think if you really want to get, like, the climactic battlefield, every time they've used the teleporter, it's we teleport one way, we have exactly one more teleport, we use that to teleport back. And then if you want your climactic battle, it's like, they've teleported, we know where they've teleported to, we don't have the time or ability to get that back to base. So we can use our last teleport to go there. And then, you know, you do that, and now you don't have the teleporter excuse to get out of it anymore. Oh. You're just in it for the rest of the book. Uh-oh. <laughs> you, you burned your teleport. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Come on, you gotta take away lifelines until you're on your last bit, and then they succeed. That's how drama works. So they're going on what they, they, they both consider an actual suicide mission. But uh, Exactly! You know, for the good of the people and charge forward. It's more like this is our job, so I guess we gotta do a suicide mission. That's fine. And then, you know, they succeed and then get teleported out. And not out. suicidally. Even better. They get pulled out right before the Death Star explodes. Um, maybe the Death Star, maybe they expect the Death Star to explode and then it just doesn't. And then they're kind of left like... That was my plan. I was gonna die. Now I'm just here. And the Death Star is broken. You know, maybe they like uh, dramatically... Guess we'll call home and ask to be picked up. <laughs> they probably dramatically confessed to each other right before they thought they were gonna die. And then they didn't, so now they gotta deal with it. <laughs> oh, Way funnier. Classic. Than either them dying or the, like, dramatic confession when we're winning. It's like the dramatic confession, we're both dying, and then you don't. And it's kind of like, I thought that was going to explode. I did too. Well, did we just say that? Yeah, we did. Hmm. <laughs> you know. How about we deal with that once we get back? Done. <laughs> Just gotta re when you got when you're doing an anticlimax, you really gotta build it. <laughs> you you gotta build it, but don't build it any more than you would for an actual thing like this. Cause if you build it too much, then people will expect the anticlimax. I I think you're you're expecting too much of the people. <laughs> I'm really not. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't know how you build it more than you would build the dramatic suicide mission. <laughs> Have you ever seen a character give you so many death flags that you started looking elsewhere? No. Wow. Okay. I... That You have a wildly different idea of media consumption than I do. But like a character who gives too many signs that they're about to die. So you're just like, okay, who else is available on the cast to die? I don't even watch things where people generally die, so... <laughs> Yeah, that, that's probably You good. have seen a lot less media that's trying too hard to be subversive then. Of course. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like things that try and be subversive. <laughs> I think, actually, that might be that you don't see a lot of media that tries very hard to be subversive at all. Or at all. No, I don't. I really don't. That's the most irritating. I, I really don't like things that try and be subversive or deep. I like things that are actually subversive, but sometimes things try too hard. Yeah. That's, that's the answer. Yeah, I, I like things that are just, like, cool with themselves. <laughs> well, you also read a lot of very mainstream stuff, so I'm not sure if that's cool with themselves so much as mainstream and doesn't get bothered by other people because they are what the expectation is. I mean, yeah, but, like, I don't know. I would say I read things that are just off the mainest mainstream, like, I read books that people aren't... You're in mainstream light. Yeah, like, I, I read books that nobody's making movies about. It's not Hunger Games, but um, certainly on the bestsellers now and then. Well, not all of my favorite authors, but a lot of them. But they deserve it, so... Of my favorite authors, I think one has been on a bestseller list and was at the bottom of it. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't like tryhards. They um, irritate me. I'm, All right. Yeah. So, uh, I you know. we got our setup here. You know, you have your classic uh, mad scientist in the lab uh, foisting prototype devices that 
may or may not explode onto the characters. Um, that the really stern um, head of the head of the organization, who like knows everything and can like kill you with a pinky or whatever, and other classics of the genre. <laughs> Maybe that's not even real. It's just a cultivated persona. It's like, no, I would have to use a gun, and I definitely would use a gun. But, like, having the reputation that I could kill you with my pinky is useful. No, no, no. There is a gun in their pinky. Oh, okay. <laughs> even better. It's like, I lost the pinky on a mission. And now it's a gun. I replaced it with a gun, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's also a working pinky. Yeah, it's also a pinky. <laughs> but it's also a gun. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I just had my bones replaced with gun. Uh, like, in this world... Uh, so what happens if you fire this? Oh, it breaks half the bones in my hand. But it will still kill you. In in this world, like, uh, uh, agents who, like, lose limbs during their their work are... It's kind of, like, a good thing because they can get a cybernetic limb for the same weight that has more functions. That, or that's even lighter. <laughs> like eh, i mean it hurt a lot at the time but honestly i don't regret it <laughs> half the agents are like 30 percent cybernetics yeah and other other fun things with weights um and tech it's like i have a cybernetic arm the hand is mine but the arm not so much yeah I mean, some of the more extreme agents, like, get the surgery even if they haven't gotten injured. <laughs> They're like, yeah, I just, I really wanted this gadget and it would not fit in my equipment pack. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I had them cut off my arm? Just, just, like, three inches of it. <laughs> I would say that you have to have some downside of, like, you're gonna lose a little bit of manual dexterity if you do this. Well, you know, like, it depends. Like, if you replace your hand, maybe. But if you replace part of your forearm, but your nerves go through, maybe not. <laughs> I see. It depends on... Get a hatch installed in your forearm yeah, with a gun in it. Exactly. A lot of this is just flesh. <laughs> it's like, I only replaced the muscle and the fat. The, li the, the mm. bone and the nerves are original. <laughs> Or something. <laughs> Absolutely wild. I love it. Yeah, do do things that um, seem ludicrous by our standard, but are completely normal by theirs. <laughs> They're like, yeah, it's slightly better to survive if I have one layer of my skin replaced with this metal. <laughs> it's not even metal. It would probably be ceramic. I don't know. Yeah. And other things that they do in the name of saving mass. Oh my god, did you really? Yes. Was it worth it? Eh, for now it is. Once I retire, probably not. <laughs> I mean, they probably have the technology to just grow back regular organic limbs, but no, almost nobody goes for that option in the agency, because, you know, why do that? Well, you could get a cool cybernetic arm with a gun in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> why would you get a regular arm? Like... Not even more expensive either. <laughs> Same well, because the agency covers it, you know. Got to keep those agents in line and effective. No use trading a highly trained agent for just some random newbie off the street. Come on. And then maybe they have like um, some kind of high-tech tattoos or or something, something that it's like I don't know. Like who needs a cell phone? Just put e ink in your forearm. <laughs> It doesn't weigh very much. <laughs> There's a computer chip and a slight projector embedded in your eye, as well as a uh, subdermal microphone on your jaw. Yeah. And uh, everything's powered by your body heat or something. <laughs> Batteries. So heavy. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd have to replace them. Yeah. Absolutely wild. I love it. Oh, maybe, maybe it, like, it runs off, like, a combination of, like, waste heat and, like, motion. So, like, if they want to teleport, they actually have to start sprinting. 
And if you can't like, that would be funny. If you can't reach a certain amount of power output, it will activate. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, maybe not that. <laughs> it's like Back to the Future, except you have the sprint. <laughs> yeah, maybe not that. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna not on that. Make it ridiculous. Okay. But um ridiculous is fine. Too ridiculous does come at a point. Okay. But um I don't know. They have to they have to do a certain amount of moving per day or else their devices will run out of juice. They can't just like lie around all day. Unless well, they're Yeah. I guess they could just like lie down on a wireless charger. <laughs> Oh, man. I see, I see. Also, I would make it so that this stuff, like, if it runs out of power, it's not really a big deal. It'll just charge up when you're next moving enough. Yeah. But then it'll be like, your cell phone's dead. You know, not great. Well, yeah, but you, then you gotta start walking around in circles for a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you gotta you... pace to make a call. You literally have to. You have to. <laughs> you know... Just make sure there's a lot of idiosyncrasies to the whole thing, because it's funny. Yep. I think we've got enough for a, a story here, so I think we can close out. Okay. Well, if you liked this story, write it and email us at listeners at unwrittenimaginings.com, and we'll uh, promote it. If you didn't like this story, well then, uh, you know... Good luck with whatever you are writing. Or if you're not writing anything, well, you know, thanks for listening, I guess. I'm a little bit interested to know which direction you're going if you're not a writer. I mean, is that, you know, maybe they just enjoy the the, the tangents. It's true. <laughs> and, you know, that's what listeners at unwrittenimaginings.com is for. <laughs> um, if you would like to be a guest on our show because you have ideas that you'll never get around to writing, email us at guests at unwrittenimaginings.com. Rate us. That would be nice, yeah. Rate us, review us, share us with your friends. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.